Thanks for joining us for the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise. To contact us, call us at 208-331-4096. That number again is 208-331-4096. We are continuing a study in the book of Hebrews. It's been said that the theme of the book of Hebrews is everything better in Christ. But it's more than that. The author's theme is everything culminated, everything fulfilled, everything answered in Jesus. He is our bread of life. Now here's Joel Van Hoogen. We're going to wind way back into our message from the last broadcast. I want you to hear as much of it as possible as we draw to a conclusion. We've been considering what should be our motivation for living the Christian life and sharing with others the good news, the Christian message. Christ has died for sinners and has risen to set them free from their sins and free to enjoy Him. That's our message. But what should drive us to share it with others? Well, our Lord Jesus' motive in dying was for the joy, and our motive in serving should be for the same. Christ sought those He would rescue from sin as a crown of joy, and we, for Christ's sake, should live our lives to gain for ourselves the same crown of joy. Paul calls those he wins to Christ his crown of rejoicing, and we're to be in it for that joy, for that crown. Listen in so you can understand why this is the greatest motivation of all in living for Jesus. This is why compassion, as we said a couple weeks ago, is not enough. It's not enough that we should be even motivated to reach people because we want to simply rescue them from their eternally lost estate. We might be motivated to some extent by that, but it has to rise above that. It has to rise to the point where we're not working for man's sake, but we're working for God's sake. We can't be doing it because we think it's not fair that people are going to hell without hearing the gospel. The fact is, people don't deserve to hear the gospel. We're not trying to give people what they deserve. You didn't come to Jesus Christ because you deserved heaven. You've been brought to Jesus Christ because God had mercy on you and grace on you and me as well. And we're not seeking now to bring to others what they deserve. If we were interested in what men deserved, we'd been interested in something altogether. We would have to go back to a verse like, don't take vengeance because vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Men don't deserve to hear the message of a God who's come and died and poured out his life blood for them in order that they might be redeemed. They don't deserve to have the opportunity to repent and believe. They don't deserve, they have not done one thing to earn the glories of heaven. But listen, Jesus deserves them. He deserves them. He loves them and he delights in them and he delights in you. He's asking us to do what we do as an expression and as an outpouring of our recognition that the chief end of all being is not the happiness of men. Christ didn't die to make men happy. Christ didn't rise again from the grave to make men happy. Christ doesn't just take men to heaven to make men happy. Christ did it for his divine satisfaction and his glory. He did it to make himself happy. And delight in it. And he also knows this. There's no true delight in anything that God has made or created unless it's the delight that is experienced under the delight of the God who made them. It's when he's fulfilled and when he's satisfied and when he's delighted that everything around you becomes heaven and everything around you becomes glorious and he did it for his joy. 
And we are to do the same. Humanism says the chief end of all being is the happiness of man. Christianity teaches that the chief end of all being is the glory of God. God's joy, God's pleasure is supreme. I remember on one occasion witnessing to a woman in Honduras and she gave her life to Christ in a very emotional moment and she became the central figure in a church that was planted in her community after that and Evelyn was her name and as she was weeping she had one question for me. I'd been praying for over a decade that God would show me how I could have my sins forgiven and how I could be brought into relationship with Him. Why did He wait so long? My temptation was to say, well, I'm sure he called other people and they weren't obedient, but I was obedient. You know, it comes to your mind, something like that. I sat there and prayed while she was crying. And finally, God gave me this answer. Evelyn, you don't deserve to have your sins forgiven and to have a relationship with God. There's not enough prayers that you could pray even to merit the right to this great moment in your life. What's happened, Evelyn, is right now the holy God of all creation has given you what you don't deserve. He's had mercy upon you. Give him glory and praise him. That was enough. Evelyn, he did it for himself. (laughs) He wants to take joy in you. Praise him. Paris Reedhead, in his wonderful sermon, Ten Shekels in a Shirt, talks about this. And I'll just read to you a quote that he has here. He quotes about the reason why he went to Africa to become a missionary in Africa, and he said he did it in response to his sympathy for people, but he found out when he got to Africa that his sympathy for people began to dry up pretty soon. I won't tell you the whole story, but basically, he went over because he saw pictures of goiters and people with hollowed out eyes, and he saw them in their native burial ceremonies and people that were lepers and open wounds, and he thought how terrible that these people live such terrible, wretched lives, and at the end of these lives, they go into a crisis eternity, and I've got to go, because it's, it's just not right that they should suffer like this. And when he went over to Africa, what he found out was not only were they sinners, but they were sinners who loved their sins. And not only were they sinners who loved their sins, but they were sinners who had a lot of information and they lived with a tremendous amount of light about who God was. Yet they did not want God in their lives. They actually wanted God to leave them alone so that they could enjoy their sins. I've seen this in other places. We've tried to take the gospel to a number of villages back into the area of the Amazon basin from our missionary school in Ninawachi. And we have to go and negotiate with them for a long period of time because they say, listen, if you come here and if you bring this message to us, it will change our lives and you'll take away our alcohol from us. And we don't want you to take away our alcohol from us. Therefore, you're not allowed to come here. Reed had said when he started to figure out that these people were not just poor, pathetic heathen, but they were in his own minds, he said, monsters of iniquity who were depraved and had far knowledge of God than he had ever thought, and that they loved their sin and wanted to be left alone in their sin, he felt that God had pulled a scam on him. God had got him over the mission field with this image of these suffering people that he was going to alleviate by his light and his message and bring them this message that they so needed to hear. He felt that God had fooled him and tricked him, and he was angry and he was disillusioned, not with the people, but with God. And he went before God and he told God, this whole thing's been a farce. You sent me over here to reach these people? And these people are sinners who deserve hell. 
And after he poured out his anger and disillusionment to God, he said God answered him in almost an audible voice, and this is what God said to him. Yes. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? The heathen deserves hell. He's already guilty before me. I didn't send you over there for their sakes. I didn't send you to Africa for the sake of the heathen. I sent you to Africa for my sake. They deserve hell, but I love them. And I endured the agonies of hell for them. I didn't send you over there for them. I sent you over there for me. Do I not deserve the reward of my sufferings? Do I not deserve those for whom I died? Reedhead says that day, I stopped laboring for the happiness of man and I began working for the glory and the satisfaction and the joy of God. I no longer became a humanitarian. I became in every sense the Christian God had called me to be in my witness in my life. So, we are in it for the reward. We're in it for the bounty. And there's one last question. What will we do with it? He's going to give you a crown. I want to challenge you to go to Revelation chapter 4 and read Revelation chapter 4. There in Revelation chapter 4, there's a picture of the redeemed throughout all the ages. They're represented in the 24 elders, which represent the redeemed in the Old Testament period and the redeemed in the New Testament period. And there, all the redeemed are clothed in white in the righteousness that God gives them through faith. And they're gathered around the throne of God. And there they're gathered around to worship. And we're told that each one of them has a crown upon their head. All the redeemed, that's us, that's you and me. And there in God's presence, For him, the angels come forward and they cry out and they begin to worship him and they lead us in worship and the angels cry out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The Bible tells us that as this worship takes place and as they cry out his holiness, that the redeemed throughout all the ages dressed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, clothed in the righteousness that comes by faith, take the crowns that are on their heads. The reward. The bounty we gain in serving the Lord Jesus. Those we bring to Him through our lives and through our prayers and through our words. They take the crowns from off their heads and they cast them at His feet. They say, not unto us be glory and honor and praises, but unto you be glory and honor and praises and glory forever and ever and ever and ever. It's your reward, God. It's your joy. You did it all for your satisfaction. We're so satisfied that we did this all for you and for your worship. This is why we run the race. This is why you become a believer, by the way. It's not just to get to heaven. You're not buying insurance against hell. It's not just to get to heaven. It's not just to have eternity in a really wonderful place. You do it for His joy. This is why you live your life for Jesus Christ and you seek to live a holy life. You do it for His joy. This is why you daily surrender yourself up as a sacrifice to Him so that He might take over and be in control of your being. You do it for His joy. This is why you tell others about Christ and His good news. And this is why you open up your heart and your home and your resources to reach as many as possible. You do it for His joy. You do it for his joy.
This is your finest motivation. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. So our Savior, before He went to the cross, took the bread and blessed it, and took the cup and blessed it, and gave it to us all, saying, this is my body broken for you. And this cup represents a new promise that God is making you achieve through my blood, a new relationship that God is opening up to you through my blood. And the word says he gave thanks. He gave praise to you, Father. He blessed it. He distributed it. He gave thanks. They sang a song of praise. And he went out to the cross. Jesus is singing. Delightfully, joyously singing. Before the moment of the greatest suffering of all. Because he saw me, and he saw you, and he was glad, and it brought him joy. Oh, no one has ever loved us in this way. We'll follow you forth, Jesus. We'll serve you for your sake. And we'll give you glory in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today at the Bread of Life the radio ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. It's our delight to share with you a morsel from our weekly time in God's Word. If you'd like a copy of this message, call us at 208-331-4096 or go to breadoflifeboise.org to learn more. Until the next time, God bless you.